0: Katrina. and This is Sydney. And this is murder obsessed So we have been MIA for we have been MIA for a minute. Um, it's spring, life hit us. We just had some crazy stuff to do. But uh we're back, Sydney and I. Chloe's still on her hiatus. Um, and today I'm gonna tell you about the coffee killer. So I was researching what I wanted to do for my next um, thing and um, a couple of my true crime books. I came across this one and you know me, man. I love my coffee. So I decided to read it and I was like, whoa. So let's go ahead and dive in. Nestled beneath the harbor bridge in Sydney, Australia was the Billy Blue College of Design. Sydney was a long way from Indonesia. Which was perhaps why Mirna Salihin, I'm going to say these wrong and I apologize, and Jessica Wongso became such close friends. They both had started their first year at the prestigious school for graphic design, and they had both come from Jakarta, Indonesia, specifically to attend the school. The young girls were like two peas in a pod. Both girls came from wealthy Indonesian families and both had a passion for graphic design and were eager to start their careers. (laughs) After graduation, however, Miriam went back to Jakarta to work where her family still lived while Jessica stayed in Sydney. Jessica loved Sydney so much that her parents and two siblings also immigrated there in 2008. After the years went by, Jessica and Mirna kept in touch. Both had secured well-paying jobs doing graphic design, and both had fallen in love with young men. Hey.
1: Mirna was a young Indonesian man. Wait. And Jessica. I have to interject, because you're telling the story, and I'm thinking of me and you, but you guys know, you're going to hear my singing talents right now. Do you know what I'm also thinking of? Marianne and Wanda were the best of
0: friends. Yeah, yeah but... <laughs> not quite it's not quite
1: yes. not
0: yes. quite um, the men differ greatly though that they were the men that they chose in 2014 when Myrna took vacation back to Sydney the two girls met to catch up during their time together Myrna and Jessica discussed their lives their work and their boyfriends. during the discussion of boyfriends Myrna was surprised to learn that Jessica's boyfriend Patrick O'Connor was a bit of a bad boy. When the girls were friends at college, they were pretty conservative, concentrating on their studies, but now Jessica was dating a guy with a completely different way of life. O'Connor was involved in drugs and alcohol, and his habits seemed to be rubbing off on Jessica. So despite their solid friendship for so many years, the two girls argued about her boyfriend. It was clear that Myrna didn't approve of her dating a man that was such bad influence and told her that she needed to get away from him. Mirna told her this guy was messing up her future, and if she didn't change, it was going to be bad. Well, Jessica didn't take this advice very well, and told Mirna she loved Patrick despite his faults and would stick with him. She became furious with Mirna that because she pointed out, um, she became so furious with Mirna to the point where Mirna was uncomfortable being alone. The rest of her Sydney trip became awkward, and Myrna made sure that there was always another friend with them whenever they went out. But it's despite her initial objections, Jessica actually did dump her druggy boyfriend. But because of this, she harbored a deep resentment toward Myrna because Myrna was the one who suggested that she leave him. So after breaking up with Patrick, Jessica developed a drinking problem and her attitude toward her friends and coworkers began to change. Over the next two years, Jessica drank more and more until one night in August, 2015, while driving drunk, she plowed her car over a curb across a grassy area and through the wall of a busy nursing home. Her car landed within meters of the bedrooms of elderly residents. The fiasco landed her a DUI, a cracked rib, some time in jail, and an embarrassing video of her on the nightly news. Despite potentially killing residents of the nursing home, Jessica was angry
1: rather than apologetic. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mad because I drive drunk. You know me, like you do you, but there's never an excuse to drive drunk, ever. No, I hate it.
0: Throughout 2014 and 2015, Jessica attempted suicide five times. She was admitted to the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital each time, and when she returned to work, she told her boss, this is a quote from her, those bastards in the hospital didn't allow me to go home, and they treated me like a murderer. If I wanted to kill someone, I know exactly the right dose.' Oh. Oh. Yeah. Remember, oh. she's a graphic designer, okay? It's not like she's a nurse. And uh. that's just, I mean, like, I could picture a nurse saying that, and you'd be like, ha because, you know, you know dosages, but... She's a graphic designer, so I'd be like, excuse me? The right dose of what? Yeah. What are you noticing so I can not drink it? In October 2015, during one of her failed suicide attempts, Jessica tried to poison herself. Police found her unconscious with a bottle of whiskey and three handwritten letters next to her bed. One letter blamed her ex-boyfriend, Patrick O'Connor, for her death, and she addressed the two others to her family and work friends saying her goodbye. Not shocking, Jessica's anger and um, alcohol problems were affecting her work. She worked as a graphic designer at a firm called New South Wales Ambulance. But despite, the, despite working there less than a year, she developed this deep-seated anger toward her boss, Christy Carter. At some point, Jessica threatened Christy because she wouldn't help Jessica find a place to stay after crashing her car into the nursing home. You must want to die, and your mother must die. Re- Chrissy reported that the threat the threat to the local police so Jessica obviously is regretting her breakup with Patrick and she keeps trying to get back together with him she threatened to kill herself to kill him kill a friends. um but Patrick didn't want anything to do with her she was unstable and he could see that and he even got a restraining order against her in December of 2015.
1: So a guy addicted to drugs and alcohol sees that you have a problem what does that say about your problem? <laughs> yeah, like, that should be a flag hitting
0: you right off the head. It, right. Back in Jakarta, Myrna was having the time of her life. Her picture-perfect life was that of a wealthy socialite. She had a well-paid job that she loved and was planning her dream wedding. But because of Jessica's continuing problem and their uncomfortable discussion, Myrna decided not to invite her to the wedding. In her mind, Jessica Uh-oh. already thought Myrna was to blame for all her problems. Her damn old style started with Myrna's advice. So her anger and resentment escalated when she was not invited to Myrna's wedding. Myrna and Areth, Samarko, made an island wedding in Bali, had an island wedding in Bali in late 2015. The wedding ceremony was elaborate and straight out of a fairy tale. And they had planned to honeymoon in Korea and start a family as soon as they could. Just a few days after the wedding, Jessica continued her downward spiral and was fired from her graphic design job. So now, because Jessica is jobless, she comes back to Indonesia to visit friends. She said she wanted to get together with Nana, let her know there was no hard feelings, wanted to congratulate her on her wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the two girls agreed to meet for coffee at 5:15 p.m. on January 6, 2016. But Myrna was apprehensive despite Jessica's assurance of good intentions. Mirna wanted someone to accompany her, so she asked her mutual friend Connie to go with her. Connie had also attended Billy Blue followed with them in Sydney. Jessica arrived oddly early at Oliver, a trendy restaurant in the posh Grand Indonesian shopping mall in Central Jakarta. Myrna thought it was unusual when Jessica texted her at 1 p.m. Insisting she would pre-order the coffee for the three girls. Myrna assured her there was no need for that and that she would order when they arrived later that afternoon. Jessica arrived at Oliver at 3.30 p.m., more than 90 minutes before Myrna and Hani were scheduled to arrive. She walked around the restaurant looking for the perfect table. Then left the restaurant to do some shopping. She wanted to buy some gifts for her friends, so she stopped in Bath and Body Works. Jessica purchased three small bottles of bath soap for the three of them and arrived back at Oliver's at 4:14 with three large gift bags. The gift bags were unusually large for having only a single bottle of bath soap in them. Security cameras showed Jessica walking around the entire restaurant looking for the perfect table, occasionally glancing directly at the camera. After a few minutes of searching, she chose a half-circle booth on the side of the restaurant with large palm trees behind it. The palm trees behind the booth conveniently obscured the security camera. Behind them, leaving only a single security camera across the restaurant, pointing directly at the table. Jessica then placed the large gift bag on the table, waited a few moments, then moved the bag more toward the center of the table, almost an hour before Myrna and Hani were due to arrive at the restaurant. Jessica ordered a Vietnamese iced coffee for Myrna and two additional coffee drinks for herself and Hani. When the drinks arrived at 4.24, Jessica was seen on the security camera doing something with the drink. But the camera didn't pick up the details because of the gift bags that were blocking the view. The drinks then sat on the table for 52 minutes until Myrna and Hani arrived at 516. So, first off, I don't care if I got a hot drink or a cold drink. In an hour, I would not want to drink that for setting this. Oh. So, like to me, that just it just blows my mind because like if you get a hot drink, obviously in, in an hour, it's going to be
1: cold. Right. Like, just in get a metal it, cup. The cold ones, like, they, like, get nasty. Like, it's like the the ice waters them down, yeah, you know. Like, so it doesn't so, make sense at all.
0: Yeah. To me, I'm just like, if you want me to drink coffee, it cannot be an hour old. Like, that's just not going to work. But within a few seconds of sitting down, Mirna took a big drink of the Vietnamese iced coffee that Jessica had ordered for her and immediately knew something was wrong. She began rapidly waving her arms in front of her mouth and told the girls there was something wrong with the coffee. She pushed the glass away from her and continued frantically waving her hand. In less than 60 seconds, Mirna's head fell back against the top of the padded booth. Her eyes rolled back in her head. Her body began to convulse violently, and she started foaming from her mouth. Restaurant staff and other patrons of the restaurant started to gather around. The first assumption was that Myrna was an epileptic and she was having a seizure. Connie was crying and panicking and called Myrna's husband. Jessica, however, showed no signs of stress at all. Myrna was unresponsive and emergency medical workers carried her out of the restaurant in a wheelchair, rushing her to the hospital. But she died shortly after. Jessica was the first person to make accusations. When people started gathering around the restaurant, Jessica immediately said to the restaurant manager, Debbie Seguin, what did you put inside the drinks? Because of this accusation, Debbie had had the foresight to flip the three coffee glasses and save them in the back of the restaurant until the police arrived. In the days after her death, it was assumed that Myrna had died of an epileptic seizure and Jesse and Honey were not questioned at the scene. It wasn't until three days after Myrna's death when the police analyzed the contents of the Vietnamese iced coffee that they realized she did not die of an epileptic seizure. Myrna's drink contained a lethal dose of cyanide, and the case was now considered a homicide. So I don't don't know how much you know about cyanide poisoning, but um, one of the things that I do know is it is an absolutely painful way to die
1: like it it's not good I don't I don't really know very much about it not really I mean you know not that I've worked a lot of crazy nursing jobs I mean mental health yeah but that's a different kind like that's like you know yeah people that have just mental health issues but I've never worked a lot of stuff like that and you know, we live in rural West Virginia. So most of the time people just shoot each other or whatever. They're not, (laughs) they're not creative enough to be like, you know what? Well, and like, for me, I don't even know,
0: like, I have no idea where I'd find it. Like where would I find cyanide? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to my story. Uh, Myrna's family initially objected to an autopsy. Indonesia is a predominantly Muslim country, and it was not common for autopsies to be conducted as it mutilates the body. But the police assured the process would be brief. Myrna's family agreed to an autopsy, and on January 10th, the medical examiner found that there was bleeding in Myrna's stomach, consistent with that of a corrosive substance. Traces of Sinai were found in her stomach, but not in any of her other internal organs. When police analyzed the security camera footage from the restaurant, Jessica was seen awkwardly backing away from the scene while Myrna was convulsing. She was doing something odd with her hands, but it's unclear exactly what she was doing. Speculation was that she was moving something from one hand to the other, while another theory is that she was scratching her finger because she had stirred Myrna the poison in Myrna's drink with her finger. When the Grand Indonesian Police heard about the relationship problems between Jessica and Mirna, they turned to the authorities in Sydney to look into Jessica's background. They had abolished the death penalty in Australia since 1980s, but it was still in effect in Indonesia and carried out by a firing squad. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. The Australian Federal Police only agreed to help investigate the case after assurances from the Indonesian government the prosecutors would not seek the death penalty. So they shared the confidential history of Jessica's troubles her DUI charge, her multiple suicide attempts, her death threats to her former boss, and the restraining order her ex boyfriend had against her. They also interviewed her former boss, Christy Carter, for nine hours. Christy's testimony became key evidence in the case against Jessica. So within weeks, the Indonesian police officially charged Jessica with the murder of Mirna Salihin. Sel- Dressed in an orange prison jumpsuit and a sign hanging around her neck with her name on it, police took Jessica back to the Oliver restaurant for a reenactment of the crime. I don't know why they did that, but it's Indonesia, not America. So. Right. But anyway, Indonesian news outlets and social media quickly became obsessed with the case. And Jessica was thrust into the public spotlight. Reporters and cameras followed Jessica's every step, and she strangely seemed to enjoy, enjoy the attention. Television cameras showed Jessica smiling and waving as she was un- as if she was unaware of the reason for all the attention.
1: My gosh,
0: I know, like narcissist much? Yeah. Despite the agreement between the Australian Federal Police and the Grand Indonesian Police, prosecutors said the agreement to not seek the death penalty would be void if they convicted her on evidence the Jakarta Police had gathered. The Indonesian Police also argued that Jessica was not actually an Australian, but only a permanent resident. So eventually the Indonesian Police said they would leave it up to the judge for sentencing. The case quickly became the most victorious case in Indonesian history. The media gave Jessica the nickname of the Coffee Killer, and the public interest was overwhelming in both Indonesia and Australia. The case played out like a soap opera and, the, and was covered every night on the news. It seemed that everyone in Indonesia had an opinion on whether Jessica was innocent or guilty. The broadcast media was criticized for spreading insensitive rumors that Jessica was having an affair with Mirna's husband. A coffee shop in Jakarta advertised non-toxic Vietnamese iced coffee with the slogan of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Which I think is like super bad taste. Ew. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the Oliver which um, restaurant became a tourist attraction. For those who wanted to see where the crime had taken place, which also, ew. The trial started on June 15, 2016, and Indonesian national television broadcasted it live. Jessica's wealthy family hired Otto Hassanbwan, a well-known celebrity defense lawyer. The defense team questioned the autopsy results, pointing out that they found no cyanide in Myrna's organs other than her stomach. They produced forensic and toxicology experts that testified there was no proof that cyanide had caused her death. Jessica took the stand in her own defense, explaining that Myrna was a friend with whom she could laugh, talk, and share secrets. She tried to play on the sympathy of the court. My family has been publicly shamed and I've been treated like the scum of the earth since this case started.
1: Okay, well. Yeah. First of all, you are even you didn't even have to do this for that you drove drunk and drove your car into a nursing home yeah a nursing home
0: well and it's like some people refuse to be anything other than the victim it's always, it's always, always someone else's fault yeah 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 like take responsibility for your own actions that one of my pet peeves like i don't blame everyone else.
1: Well, you, uh, I don't want to say this. You've, um, you've got to deal with that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, A little bit about it. Yeah, a little bit. Murnis' friends and family held press conferences in an attempt to sway the public option, option against Jessica. The prosecution pres- presented 46 witnesses, including Murnis' husband, father, sister and several employees from the restaurant. The prosecution presented the case with a motive of revenge. They argued that Jessica blamed Myrna for the breakup with her ex-boyfriend and the subsequent chain of events that happened in Jessica's life. The prosecution alleged the security camera footage showed her looking around the restaurant to see if anyone was watching her while she handled the coffee. They also argued that the murder was premeditated but the use of poison illustrates free planning. They also used the interview with Jessica's former employee where Jessica made the comment, um, I know the right dosage. Ultimately, the panel of three judges agreed with the prosecution and on October 27, 2016, after almost five months of trial, Jessica Wongso was found guilty of poisoning Myrna Sillenhan by putting cyanide in her coffee, Jessica Wongso was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Jessica and her teams of lawyers submitted a lengthy appeal, but both the Yakarta High Supreme, or High Court, and the Supreme Court rejected it. Jessica Wongso was left with no option, but to serve the full remainder of her sentence. So moral of the story, don't poison
1: people. I mean, take, I mean, moral of the story, come on guys, don't be psycho, but there are lots of life lessons in that. You have to learn to take responsibility for everything you do. Like like, It doesn't even, you know, use that excuse, well, my life was like this and you, or or this was, my parents were like this and it doesn't matter. You were grown up. Well, and I tell, like, I tell my students, I teach middle school. I tell my students,
0: you cannot control what happens to you. You can't, but what you can control no. is how you react to it. You can't help what you were born into. You can't help, especially children, especially kids. You can't help what environment you're in, but you can help how you respond to it and what you do and your actions set your path. It's like one of them. It's like, one of my top three things about like being a good person is like take responsibility. Well tell my kids, I'm like, if you're going to be a jerk, at least own up to it. Like, I will (laughs) give you mad props if you just own up to the fact that you're acting the way you
1: are. I mean, I don't know if ever, you know, my kids and I'm not, I'm not a gentle parent, but my kids and I do do, positive affirmations and every morning before they leave my vehicle to go into that school I tell them be good humans and make good choices because I I probably I think I heard that somewhere but still like I want them to know like not only to be good but I hope they understand that every choice you make is yours yep so you're gonna have to own it like it just is how it is exactly
0: and we live in a world full of people who refuse to do that
1: yes yes we do that was an interesting one though I'd never even heard of it
0: no me neither um I think in the show notes I'm gonna post the link of um if I can find it of the security footage of Jessica being suspicious as crap I can just oh, to yeah. her carrying those big you know, those big, huge bath and body work bags, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. three of them, each having a little dis- soap dispenser in it. Like, it's not funny because, you know, but still
1: like just picturing that it's just almost comedic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're trying to say. The situation is not funny. It's not funny that someone lost their life, but it's a hilarious how these people think they're being inconspicuous yeah. but they're like being super sus like yeah. there's absolutely no reason like i want the smallest bag you got yeah you know those little ones that are almost like plastic yeah. you can fit three body because you know what i can shove that into another bag or something yeah i don't have you know to hear all like, around. That makes no sense yeah
0: i don't know i don't know that <laughs> also it's kind of like when I give people advice I always end with but I don't have to deal with your consequences you do you know so like when I tell people what I think I'm like this is just my advice you have to live with your choices I don't so like I never am one to like shove my advice on someone unless it's like like life or death you know Like if someone's like on drugs or someone's like
1: drunk and drove several times, then I'm going to be like, listen, I'm going to tie you to the bed. Like I threatened a friend of mine straight up. Usually I'm just like the listening friend, you know, like, let me listen to you. Um, But there's a friend of mine and they were dealing with some hardcore depression and they really scared me, but they didn't go to the doctor cause they didn't want to be medicated. And like, I was like, well, I understand that, you know, but it got to the point where I was like, listen, I'm going to, uh, I love you. And I'm going to give you an ultimatum. You get help or I promise I'll get a mental hygiene on you. Yeah. I will tell people that you are a danger to yourself. And you know, the friend's like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I'll just tell them your lying." And I'm like, nay, nay, that's the good thing about uh, being married to a cop. When I say you're a danger to themselves, yourself they're going to take me seriously no I did I did that in
0: college I had a friend and I came home from the weekend and it was one of my sorority sisters and another sister was like you need to go see so and so and Mm -hmm. she had hurt herself really bad and I walked in and I was like and I had a cop with me because I I was friends with a couple cops in town I had a cop with me and I was like you got two choices one you can go voluntarily or two you can be taken by the cop." I said he's standing right here so you know I ain't joking yeah and so Um, she's like I'll sign myself in I'll sign myself in you don't you don't mess with mental health like you get to a certain place I don't I don't care if I gotta be a bitch or not I can I would rather be a bitch than see you kill yourself
1: I mean I have explained that to Tyler so many times because you know it seems like men have more trouble talking about it and you know he didn't see a lot of you know like combat in the military but he still has PTSD from being overseas and it's not like you know he's like having visions or I mean and I'm not not that I'm mocking that I know people go through a lot of stuff but like I mean his is more like you know overstimulation or just being sitting there and everything's fine and then this just feeling of dread and when we talked about that I'm like listen your mental health is just as important, if not more important, than your physical health. Because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. once you're affected, your body, your physical health is going to be affected anyway. Like that is a yeah. serious, serious well, thing. And, and it sucks so, for men. I don't
0: it sucks for men, especially men from where we're from, because right. I mean, it it's be a man, be a man. Like yeah. men, don't cry, don't yeah. be a sissy. And it's, like, I refuse to raise my boys that way. I'm, like, yeah. you're, Like when, when my kids get in trouble, I never tell them to stop crying. I'm, like, please go upstairs and cry because I don't want to hear it. But you're allowed to have your feelings. Like, you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to cry and be upset. Like, you have feelings. You're allowed to feel them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sawyer is a big crier. He's a big ball of sap. Yeah. So, like my, you know, Quinn is probably the most like me. If you see tears, it's not, oh, you poor baby. It's, you should probably leave.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I can my, see that from Quinn. I yeah. can see Minnie uh, Sydney right there, ready to fall yeah. from
1: the face off. Yeah. Um, but Sawyer, like, he's the kid that cries when he's happy. Like, oh, that's so sweet tears oh that's so sad tears like yeah. he's got the crime thing down so yeah. we talk about it and I'm like listen it's okay to feel like that dude like yeah. it's okay to cry it <laughs> is it's it, I
0: mental health is a mess anyway but I do yes. feel for men because it is very hard for them to express how they feel because our society doesn't want to act like men have emotions right and I'm like they do
1: It doesn't make you, to me, honestly, and maybe this is sappy, and I'm not sappy. You know, I'm not all about the love. I'm not lovey. I'm not touchy. But if you can show me some emotion, that makes you even more of a man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me hear how
0: you're feeling. Oh, yeah. Well, and like, like with my husband, he, he suffered a lot of loss. He's had a lot of very close family members die. So I we've been married seven years and I have seen him cry twice. And one of them was um his when his brother Ched died. That was recent. But there was another one, we were having a fight, and he started crying and it
1: like stopped me dead.
0: And I was like,
1: You know what? Yeah, like okay, me and Tyler our anniversary is actually yesterday we've been married I mean we've been together for a couple more years than that yes I had two children out of wedlock judge me but anyway um we've been married for six years and I have seen him cry two times one time was in an argument with me and I was just like wait what yeah probably because for the first few years of our marriage I was a little bit harsh in a relationship like I had to be because of past relationships. Yeah, and I, I kind of took say, that out it was on a him, bit like, of,
0: like um, PTSD for you
1: because you got out of toxic yeah, like relationship. So with him, you know, it was like, well, I don't care, I don't need you. Yeah. I can take care of myself. You can leave. And so we had an argument kind of like that one time, and he cried. And then his grandmother, who I mean, he loves his parents, but I truly believe he was probably closer to his grandmother, almost like you, like you were really like that with, yeah. Um, grandma so he was like that with Oni and it wasn't a long cry I mean it was like a just a like it just came out and then he reeled it in you know yeah. but it's hard for him to and I'm like man it's okay to be sad yeah yeah and this was a very very bad rabbit trail I think I know like I don't I was just thinking how do we get this far off topic but you know, I mean it's so big about talking to people about mental health man. It's like every show we do. Yeah. If they would just got help.
0: If they got help. I mean I don't know. It's scary. And right now it's it's very prevalent on my mind because I really feel like there's been a spike in suicides. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because I now am personally knowing people that are doing it and that it's happened to and it terrifies me it terrifies me because for one I am very susceptible to
1: depression
0: very yes and two like mental health is horrible in this nation and with the pandemic it is so much worse and so it just terrifies me because people hide it
1: so well they hide it it and you have no idea until boom it happens like, that was one of the reasons that we weren't here a couple weeks ago. Um, I didn't know the girl. I just knew her parents, personally. But, I mean, she made plans. But a doctor told her mom, I think she was a manic depress- dep- depressive. And I don't even think she really realized what she was doing when she did it. I mean, like, it was just, yeah, I'm going to, we're, we're planning a vacation. And tomorrow, we're going to go get our nails done. You know, her and her daughter. And then just you know, it's so fast. And you're always left with those questions like could so this person have done something or could something have prevented this?
0: You know? It's it's terrifying. And it and I like I said, I don't know if there's actually a spike or if I'm just in a place where I you know more I know more people that it's happening to, but it is so terrifying. Like if you feel this way, get help. Like guys are Suicide hotline. I'm not, I don't know the number, but I'll post it in the show notes. There's a suicide hotline, and like if you don't have medical insurance, there are so many apps now, there's so many different things that people are coming out with that are affordable that you can get on there, you can get help. Like, reach out, like, do not, it is not okay to suffer through this alone. And I am the worst when I am depressed, I isolate myself so hard like people will think that i dropped off the face of the planet because i do not i am not the misery that loves company i will curl in a ball and i will be miserable by myself and it is the least healthy possible
1: i mean i guess i'm i agree with you i'm like that on my lows i want to be alone but i don't know that even people would pick up on the depression part of it they're probably just like man she's freaking grouchy yeah like Tighten everyone's head off, leave me alone, like yeah. get out.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, and I've definitely, I've had friends save my life because I've been so depressed and they would not leave me alone. And I'm like, leave me alone. And they're like, no. And yeah. literally it has helped me to pull me out of depression. Ligel has done it many times where he's like, no, you are not laying down and dying. You're getting up and you're moving because- yeah. You can't fall on a black pit and it's, it's hard. And listen, I I understand. I have got some crazy mental health, crazy, but I am stable. I might be medicated, but at
1: at least I'm stable. Girl, I am straight up medicated and I don't know why I fought it for so long.
0: Same. I'm like, you know what? I don't care if my serotonin is sore bought because I know what it's like without it. I know what I feel like when I'm not medicated and that is a scary place to be. Because it doesn't get better, it's it. You know, it's like you got an infection and a cut, and you just leave it and think it's going to get better. Like mm-hmm. maybe your body's going to fight it off, but it would fight it so much easier if you took an antibiotic. Right. There's, there's these commercials, and I love them. There's this one, and this guy's like, um sky jumping, um, or parachuting out of an airplane, and he pulls this thing, and it doesn't open. And the guy beside me is like, grab my hand. And he's like, no, I'll figure it out. I'll be all right. I'll be okay. You know? And so, like, when you look at that situation, you're like, obviously, you need help or you're going to die. But then when it's <laughs> mental health, people are like, suck it up. You know? Yeah.
1: Mental health is important. It is. We have, we've given, we, gave oh my gosh, my best friend's an English teacher and my aunt. We have given, guys. We have given you... 20 minutes of ranting about mental health it's important okay it's important also from don't poison
0: coffee
1: coffee as a teacher who are both mentally unstable oh yeah hardcore and you know what that's okay because we are getting help so we're gonna get, we're gonna leave you with that and don't let someone else buy your coffee two hours before you show up yeah that's a negative. That's that's pointless. Like something's up, guys. Something's yeah. up. Don't do yeah. it. Don't drink it. Just go buy a new First one. First of all, like you know, I have a few best friends, and unless you're poor, I ain't buying your coffee because I'm broke. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I I just picked up some quarters out of my middle thing yeah. to buy me a I drink. Thought, I can't yeah, help I you. Thought some, it. Um, well, I filled up my water bottle out of the fountain in the mall. So like, you go out to get your own coffee, guys. <laughs> i mean i will share my water with you we yeah go we, i'll share what i got but... double cheeseburger from we go half season on a double cheeseburger from mcdonald's but oh we ain't going to like starbucks and buy no seven dollar coffee just because
0: oh no way not a chance <laughs> all right so this has been murder obsessed i'm katrina i'm sydney stay listening stay murder obsessed but don't be like Jessica and obsessed with murdering and poisoning coffee. Coffee is sacred. Don't cross that line, guys. Nope. That's the line in the stone. Don't cross it. <laughs> Bye. Later.